During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 76. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the Pride of Long Island. Call Moriarty. What I've done here is I've what I've, have you done I've here? Dimmed my computer too much, and now I can't see. Ah, it. that's the worst when you dim the computer too much. You got, it's a fine line to walk with screen brightness. I'll tell you, it's, it vacillates. I also enjoyed your new mouse pad here. Well, it's a note I was going to read. Let's let's get into that right now. Oh, okay, wow. A Look gentleman from Bill Ricca, which is a place in Massachusetts, from Bill Ricca, okay, sent me the following note. It says, "Hey, Colin, this is to celebrate the one small bright spot in the otherwise dismal year." of Jets football. Mm. Thank you for all of the content. This is from General Lee or Jen Lee. Jen, G-E-N, you know Jen. Jen underscore Lee underscore accepted. I thought like the General Lee, like the Dukes of Hazard car sent and you. And here's the jersey. Matt Forte. Would you, from your, oh, former formerly Chicago, your Bears. Chicago Bears now of the Jets. Thank God he Was got a, off that sinking ship to the flying high New York Jets. Make a move for Jay Cutler, so you might want to Take them. T- Just get rid of everything. I don't what care. A disaster. I mean, Burn everything. Exactly what I expect there. will happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other thing is that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I feel good this week. Uh, you know, the column was right. Scripts are becoming harder and harder for me to write sure. for some reason. But there's a bright spot this okay. week. Uh, something I'm actually authentically excited about as right. opposed to fake excited about or just not excited about, which is typically my thing. Yeah. Just Going to there. Los Angeles on a secret mission oh, okay. this week. Can't talk about it yet for two days. Um, has nothing to do with video games. And uh, so, uh, but I'm very excited about it and people will see that soon. But it puts me in good spirits. Does it have to do with video game movies? Are you going to save the Uncharted video game movie? I am. I'm going to go ahead and meet with Neil and uh, relay word to the writers from Neil that apparently they haven't talked to each other after all. Yeah, yeah. No. We have I was going to put that in the that. news, but I decided not to. All right. It's a reader mail question coming up, so don't worry about it. Don't worry, you're pretty loud. What are you doing? What is, what is happening? You could have just left it right there. She's left it on the back of your chair. It is clutter. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with this Matt Forte jersey? No, where? I mean, so I don't have a current Jets jersey, actually. My, mm-hmm. I wore the Brickishaw Ferguson's jersey for many years because he was from Long Island and yeah. he was on the Jets his entire career, but he retired earlier than we thought he would. And then I have like, you know, old, like a, a Testa Verde jersey and like, of course, uh, yeah. uh, I think I had a Lavernius Cole jersey when I was younger, like really random things. So yeah. I mean, obviously you can't really rock a Lavernius Cole jersey. Anymore. You can throw back style. That's like something you see a homeless man wear. We put up, a, so I retweeted an image from uh, Spring Break, circa 2002, I think, and it was me in a Jim Miller jersey. 
Only one person on Twitter. I saw that. Called that out. I saw the jersey. I didn't know whose number it was. My favorite thing about the Jim Miller jerseys is that the Jim Miller era of popularity for the Chicago Bears was so short that about a year and a half later, people just thought I was wearing a personalized jersey and they didn't realize that I was wearing a the real Jim, player. The Jim Miller yeah. jersey. I wonder. Yeah, exactly. You know, they got a cut of every jersey they sold. Yeah. I wonder if he that was the only jersey he ever sold. Was well, the one I got him? I got him on clearance from Dick's Sporting Goods, I think, in oh. the suburbs of Chicago, where Pat Noon was working. He, he would he, ring me up when he saw a Jim Miller accent. Colin, what have you been playing? Just Horizon. Yeah. Uh, How I close get, are you to Platinum? Uh, well, I think I missed one of the trophies. Because um, you have to have the, the option or whatever. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, so the, the, the secret is that we knew the trophies for a really long time. They just weren't sinking. That we, we, yeah. we got word of what the trophies were. So we we went through them individually. Um, and my assumption based on the wording of this trophy it was that... Because this is was, get all optional party members to join your quest at the end or whatever. And I was going through a conversation five hours ago into the game, yeah. and uh, and I, I think I lost that character. So I think now here's my question, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe it'll pop. I don't know. This is a I mi- this is a spoiler for the side quest you're talking about, correct? No, I don't even know what side. I don't even remember what character it was that I lost. Okay, How did, but you know you lost somebody. I think so. Okay, I think I, wanna, I did. He I, walked I would away like the, from me. I would like the context of this because I saw uh, Brian from PS4 Trophies mm-hmm. respond to a tweet that I was on about this, mentioning this. What's wrong? Oh, that it wasn't missable or that, that it, it was. Mi- somebody, no, it somebody asked both of us. And by the time I got there, he had answered that it was be- based on that. And I didn't understand that because when I had seen that trophy, you know, OK, make sure all optional people. Again, this is the most minor spoilers, I would assume, for what's it's coming really up not here, as well. is the fact and when it did it. Anytime somebody was like, if there was a thing of like, clearly it was a decision of like, which which one do you think you lost? I don't remember which character it was a male character. We were having a conversation. I chose this thing where it was like don't do that or something, you know, like, and then he's like, fine. And there's like left. And that was the end of the quest. Like, huh. and I don't know. I, Cause See, I, I don't know if that, that is it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we're going to find out the yeah. thing. The thing about it is that, uh, I'm 42 hours into the game now. Yeah. The interesting thing happened. I thought I was crazy, but I wasn't yeah. was that the, I went on, I, I, my game actually crashed for the first time <gasps> and I went back onto the game. Then I was like, ah, oh, whatever. I just went back on the game the next day. Cause I was going to bed and, and, uh, I, looked, I went to look at the percentages and I, and it was like, I was at 82%. And it was 71% or something like that. Mm. And I was like, what? And then I went, but but the hours were the same. Like all the quests mm. I did were done. And then I tweeted out about it. And then Marty and, and Brian from Podcast Beyond were, uh, so weird to say, were, uh, were like, no. Because I was like, I feel like a patch fucked with this. And they were like, Brian said the same thing that his like plummeted. Um, so I got it back up into the mid 80s. But I have a, I have all the collectibles. I have a couple side quests to do. The one problem is that there's a, there's a, um, this isn't really a spoiler. There's a like a hunting lodge, as yeah. you know. Yeah, we've mentioned this in the review. And there's like a it, it all culminates. Uh, maybe I don't think it's a spoiler. Like, in a it, big hunt. In a big hunt, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I did it. It was a great battle, a very flawless victory for me. Flawless victory. Wow, that's a that's a. But she, that I, is a hard one to take down. For some reason, you got distracted by something. Sure, you did. After I killed the enemy. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I think I broke the quest because. When I go back to it now, it's like, talk to this guy. And I'm like, yeah, but yeah. there's no, I don't know where he is. Like, it doesn't show me where he is. I feel like I left him behind in that field where yeah, I fought the enemy. But I don't know, uh, but I don't know where the, where the mm. body is. Like, I, I, I remember it's like a canyon, like yeah. outcropping. Yeah. But, and I remember that because I had him running around this thing, like chasing me. Basically, I killed him actually without even getting hit, which was, I'd never do. Wow. Um, and he's like one of the strongest enemies in the game. So I was like, oh, it was a, it was a great battle. I was very full of myself. I sure, sure. But I have no, so I have no idea where he is. Like, huh. and so I can't continue the, and that, and that one's actually directly tied to a trophy. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so you're fucking this up left and right. So I have like 84% of the trophies, but I'm really taking my time with it. I'm at the precipice now. I know where it's like, do everything. So this is the next quest, you know, the last yeah, quest. Yeah. So I think there's only, um, 
I have all the shadow equipment, which counts towards your percentage. Um, and uh, got all the suns, the full suns yep. and the, the trials. So I, I, yeah, blazing sun. So I, you know, I'm good to go. Other than that, I haven't played anything. I mean, I, I, uh, I uh, downloaded East Origins, which I'm like, ah, super nice. fucking excited to play. Yeah. I'm going to start playing that tonight. Um, and uh, otherwise, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of waiting. Like the like Cosmic Star Heroine's still coming. I'm waiting for that. Oh, I believe Mass that Mass Effect is still coming, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Near Automata. Um, yeah. But what we were talking about before the show, as you agree, like after Mass Effect, I feel like nothing comes out. Like it's quiet, yeah. which is nice because yeah, I'm looking been a forward really to a rough spring of games here right now. And yeah. that's the thing. I, I uh, you know, when we reviewed uh, Horizon, I was right there on the precipice of the platinum, but I sunk, you know, different trophies all over the place. So I got home last night from Vegas. First thing I did was boot up both PS4s, sink the trophies and then beat the final corrupted zone for me. Pop the platinum on that. I was super excited about that. But is that thing right now of like what I really want to play? It, well, I shouldn't say that because I am enjoying everything I'm playing. I'm playing Zelda on Switch. I'm having a great time. We'll talk about that uh, on a different show. But I want to play a Night in the Woods. Like that's that yeah, game's supposed to be great. That looks awesome. It looks like they since they announced that they've been telling me that that was my kind of game, and so I need to get into it. But where is the time? Because I'm playing through Zelda for review stuff over on the Gamescast mm. and on kind of funny games in general. And then on top of that, yeah, here's Mass Effect. Here's Pax East. Here's Near. It's like fuck. There's so much good shit. You're gonna play Near? Oh yeah, that surprised me. Yeah. I didn't know you were interested in that. Every, so, I mean, so, the stuff I've seen about it looks awesome. The so, RPG mixed with the action stuff, Platinum. I like the style. It looks cool. So you've just been playing Zelda pretty much? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then I knocked off that, I think. But yeah, going on the road, using that Switch. That bulky-ass Switch that I have deep regret pre-ordering, but still I'm going to get it. You're going to do it. Too. Betty Ann gives you good advice. Your mom says, keep the Switch, you keep the Switch. Listen, we all know what's going to happen with this thing, and this is just the reality of the situation. Sure. Is we're going to play Zelda. I'm sure Zelda's fantastic. I have no doubt about it. Yeah. And then you're never going to play it until the fall. No. What are you going to play on that on that device? April 25th, I believe. Double Dash. Or I'm not Double Dash. Mario Kart. Oh, my God. I, the I game's on the Wii U. It's a port. What yeah, is the new game that you're going to play? play. I didn't play enough of it on there. That's what I want, brother. God, you sound like a fucking apologist. You're really I'm hanging not. Out, I'm hanging out with Tim too much. How am I an apologist? I'm telling you directly why I went anyways. I, Colin, we were talking about Horizon Zero Dawn. I got three Horizon Zero Dawn questions from kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. You ready? Chris Brown says, hi, Colin and Greg. Mm. Is Horizon Zero Dawn worth getting for those of the, the, those of us who don't get along with open world games? Yes. Next to give question. you an idea of my relationship with open world games, I used to consider myself to be a huge Metal Gear Solid fan, having played all the games from one to four many, many times. But I got to the point in five where I just didn't care anymore. The story was not progressing anywhere near the pace I wanted. And there was so much stuff that I really had no interest in doing any of it, but it needed to be done to progress. Having watched your review of Horizon Zero Dawn, you were both obviously quite taken with the game and make it sound like a must-have title. I'm very concerned that if I spend what is now a small fortune to buy the game, parentheses, the price of games jumped massively when the exchange rate to South Africa a- African Rand went south, but hasn't dropped at all now that it's mostly recovered. I'll end up getting bogged down in the open-worldness of the game and just stop playing it before I get to the end of what sounds like an excellent story. The same way, I will never finish Metal Gear Solid Five. Love and kisses, Chris. As you said, no, play it. You no, I, totally think, play. I think it's a fantastic. I mean, I think it's a must-play game. Platinum took me. Owners. The platinum took me fifty hours, according to my save. That was without guides for some of the col- not, not the collectibles, but the knockdown collectibles. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's another one. I'm like, yeah, I, I have a list if you need them. You can run through. Really? And, yeah. Oh, did you can really give you one. Yeah. You can run through, you can get it, you'll be fine. Uh, but that's if you wanted to do everything. Game took 30, 35 hours or whatever. Again, with a fair amount of dicking around. Tim in the other room playing it like Uncharted, story to story, doing all this different stuff. I'm sure at some point, yes, there will be. Before you can go, I actually know for a fact, before you go to this next main story thing, you got to go help this guy do something. Okay, fine. Then you're back on the track. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Don't. Yeah, I think it's worth it. I mean, to put it into context, because I, I feel a little bit of open world fatigue sometimes too, and I especially don't like these dense open worlds, as I've said many times. You know, at, I can beat the game right now in probably an hour if I wanted to. So that would put me at like a little below 45 hours. Um, 
I played Witcher for 45 hours or so and uh, got almost nowhere. So I've done literally everything in the game. And by the way, man, I, I, I there's a whole... There's the combat in that game. Really, there's a whole different layer to the combat when you really get into it. Like, I mean, obviously, that's obvious because there's so many different weapon permutations, but even arrow types. Like, I was sure. using fire arrows so much that I forgot that, like, I could just knock plates off these guys. And yep. I've I, last 10 hours or so using the hard arrows or whatever to. Yeah. It's really what satisfying. I like to do is you, so use the fire arrows, electricity arrows, whatever their weaknesses, bring them down, then get out the, the strong arrows. Yeah, hardened arrows, take off their plating, find their weak spots, destroy them. It's very satisfying. Yep. Very Monster Hunter esque. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Next but not hor- as fucking nerdy. Yeah. Next. Next Horizon Zero Dawn question comes from Lex Caliber. Hey, Greg and Colin. With your recent review of Horizon Zero Dawn, I think it's fair to say Gorilla has made a massive leap in terms of their standing in the industry. They're now on a different level. Sony seems to have talent for allowing developers to achieve their potential. Naughty Dog, Sucker Punch, and now Gorilla all seem to be examples of developers who have progressed from good to incredible. My question is, what do you think Sony's special sauce is here? How do they take these developers and give them the help they need to become some of the best in the industry? I think the answer is TLC. I think it's time. I think it's focus. This is what we always talk Money. about. Exactly. It's taking people and incubating them. I think for any developer who's going to be working on multiple games on multiple SKUs, that's when it gets cumbersome and tiring. And you how you can only, you have to build for the base level of it. You have to sit there and say, I'm making this game. So if Xbox 360 is the top of the line, and that's as high as I go. That's as high as I can go. And if, if PlayStation 4 is going to be the best it is, that's the best it can be. That's what it's going to be. But it if I have to take into account that it's the best over here looking on PlayStation 4, but how do I dial it down for Xbox One or vice versa, or however you want to go, mm-hmm. PC gaming getting mixed, you get things that don't necessarily run or look as great as they should. When you can give somebody like Naughty Dog, you say, all right, cool, make Last of Us on just the PlayStation 3 and then bring it over to PlayStation 4 eventually. You give them focus. You give them time. You give them room to grow, and that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I have nothing else really to add to that other than the fact that it's just, it is kind of incredible when you compare Sony's first party to Microsoft's first party and just how completely superior Sony's is um, and how much that injures, I think, Microsoft's ability not to not to get, like, this is actually what, part of what Colin was writing about this week, which is Sony's, I don't, I don't believe for a second people buy PlayStation 4s for Sony's exclusives. Like, I don't think that that's true. I think what they do is they retain gamers um, and make it make them interested. The attach rate's high, all that kind of stuff. So I think I think Call of Duty and Destiny got way more players into the door of PS4 than Horizon, Uncharted, and every other exclusive will ever do, combined probably. But they stay sure because of the first party support that's just not there. And also, I think that with Microsoft specifically, like Halo and Gears, while fine series and very popular series are not nearly as popular as they used to be and not nearly uh, as resonant as they used to be. And those things are declining and, and Microsoft's lack of investment in new IP of meaningful stature is also declining at the same time that Sony's investment in renewing and reinvigorating old IP as well as making new IP is actually coming to the forefront. These are happening at the exact same time, and that's bad news for Microsoft. Not to be a you know a fanboy or a pat on the back or anything weird like that. I think this speaks when you look at what's happening with PlayStation and especially what's happening with Xbox exclusive lineups and Residents. I think you're seeing what. I was talking about of why I didn't care about Halo or Gears of War all that much at the time. They're broy action movie shooters. That's fine. Obviously, that connected with a whole generation of people. But as those people have grown up, they're looking for video games that reflect the more mature themes. And I'm not saying we're fucking looking at high art sometimes here, but Last of Us's story, the character relations of Uncharted, even what's going to happen in Horizon when you play Horizon, that tantalizing thing that isn't just gameplay isn't just adrenaline filled i'm drinking mountain dew i'm blowing shit up my guns are awesome and you saw gears of war 4 try to do that give a little bit more depth to these characters but it's still is this care i mean you expect it to be gears of war and they have to be gears of war and they deliver gears of war but even then there's a ceiling i feel like on how 
much of an impact that can make. Gears of War, Halo, these aren't going to make the impact of a journey. They're not going to make the impact of the story of The Last of Us. And that's because I feel like Sony has matured with gamers, if that makes sense. I also think that Microsoft has hedged its bets a lot while using second-party support. And so, and so those games, you know, Sony has plenty of second-party games too, but actually more actually there too. But but they pan out better, uh, it seems like, and at least have a little bit more resonance. I mean, uh, Bloodborne is a second-party game, and that's that's a massively popular PlayStation exclusive, uh, as opposed to something like Quantum Break, which no one talks about, ReCore, which no one talks about, uh, Phantom Dust, which no one cares about. And I think that's because of the infrastructure and audiences they've built. I And it's like one of those things. I liked Quantum Break a lot. I'm sure it was great, but what I'm saying is but I've not heard a murmur about I'm, that fucking no, game. No, no, no. I'm going. That's why I'm driving the car. Just don't jump out of the. Don't jump out yet, Colin. Don't jump out of shotgun. Is the fact that I've I loved Quantum Break. I never think of Quantum Break like that. You know what I mean? I played through it and I enjoyed it. And holy shit, the way they merged the live action stuff with the game, the way your choices mattered. I thought all that was rad. And at Dice, I ran into the guys from Remedy. I was talking to them, and it was one of those things of sitting there being like, "Man, yeah, Quantum Break was awesome." so sorry that didn't sell better that that didn't yeah you know that's just the way the cards get dealt sometimes and all stuff and i think it's because endemically on xbox there's not an audience looking for that yeah that that team should have bailed when they had the opportunity i think that the or at least made that game multi-platform uh it's the same with rise of the tomb raider where like rise of the tomb raider would have been way bigger if it was on playstation 4 that's but again you can't i don't even know how the fuck we got on this conversation but you can't judge this is what i was saying about ea with titanfall with microsoft's stance on call of duty sports tv which is like, actually, those decisions were actually really smart <laughs> based on the misread tea leaves at the time, which is that console gaming's dying, that from Xbox, it was like a tertiary com- uh, concern or secondary at most that games would even be part of the product. And Sony just did something that was actually super unintuitive and it worked. Um, and so I, I, I wonder how it all play out for Sony in the future. But what I know is this. I can't I can't tell you one fucking Xbox exclusive that's supposed to come out after this year. Not one. Now, I'm sure that they exist. But when you think about Phantom Dust, Crackdown, Sea of Thieves, all these games that are coming to Xbox, State of Decay, State of Decay two. two. Did you see my Did you see my video last <laughs> week? Oh, you're in it uh, oh. with the worst pictures I could possibly find of you. Thank you. The uh, which is you, of course, in the hat. The hat the yeah, I knew when you said the worst picture, I knew which one it was. Uh, but uh, after that, it's like, what is there? What is it? Like this year, you know, with PlayStation, and this is the seeds were so, they were sown a while ago to get this. It's like this year we had Horizon, which is fucking huge. Um, you're gonna get Gran Turismo Sport later, and my assumption is you're gonna get one other game. Uh, I still think it's it's going to be uh um days gone but mm. the um but then you have god of war and you have spider-man and you have Spider-Man. death stranding you have last of us 2 and uh you know etc and so on moving on down the list detroit become human and these are all after this year yeah so it's just like microsoft's and the crazy thing that did you see the maps from e3 that show the floor space Mm-mm. microsoft's booth is tiny dude right like microsoft's booth isn't commensurate with a with someone that's showing hardware we're literally talking about a booth that's the size of like activision's booth or, or ubisoft's booth sony's booth is many times bigger much bolder they're not going to be even in the same place anymore oh really um uh, they're moving to same the other hall. hall oh wow wow nintendo and sony have basically taken over that entire hall um so strange that sony finds itself in such a dominant market position uh and xbox seems to be making strange decisions that are not keeping people engaged because the most confusing thing of all to me about this, and I'm not trying to shit on Xbox because I actually just made a column was right that was very glowing about Xbox. People want to watch that on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. But the biggest confusion of all to me is like, why are you putting your games on PC? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the point of even owning this box? And they can't answer that question, I don't think, as, as compellingly as PlayStation can. Because the answer for many people, Greg, is like, I want to play Call of Duty. And I'm like, okay, you can do that in all these places. But Horizon and Bloodborne and 
God of War and Uncharted and all these things as opposed to like, you know. You can watch the TV as, through it. And clearly it's not a Colin-centric kind of thing. Clearly the market agrees. Xbox One is not even a third of the way to Xbox 360 sells mm. after mm-hmm. three years and three months. Not good. Colin. Yes. You stumbled into something. I want to just keep the natural conversation going. I want to talk, talk about the changing face of PlayStation. Mm. We had a whole bunch of comments and questions here written into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, just like you can to get your question read. First one comes from Josh Graff. He says, hey, Colin and Greg. Mm. Actually said Greg and Colin. Mm. I'm just used to the other way. With Horizon releasing today, it got me thinking about how this was originally supposed to be a release during the holiday season. Every year, the same question arises in regards to what is PlayStation's fall slash holiday lineup, and is it going to be... or Regards to what is Sony's fall slash holiday lineup is going to be, or as in the past few years, the lack of one. Since the PlayStation 4 launched in 2013, Sony has yet to have a first or second party holiday release of any significance with the exception of Resogun and Killzone Shadowfall in 2013 and The Last Guardian in 2016. Even without a PlayStation exclusive lineup, Sony, for the most part, managed to dominate the past three holiday seasons, relying on third party support. So far, the majority of first and second party PlayStation 4 titles have managed to come out somewhere between February and May. See list below. He went through and listed them throughout the years. I'm not saying that Sony isn't concerned with the holiday lineup, but maybe it just isn't as important as it used to be. Could part of PlayStation 4's dominance be related to Sony strategically positioning their exclusive games in the months? where there is less competition for major third-party releases. It seems to me Sony is taking the right approach with their exclusives. While it will always be important to get holiday sales, it seems to be almost, if not more important, what you do and after, before and after the holidays to sustain the momentum. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Then he runs it down, of course. January in 2017, Gravity Rush 2. February 2015, The Order. 2017, Horizon and Neo. March 2014, Infamous Second Son, Hell Divers in 2015, Bloodborne in 2015, April, Ratchet and Clank 2016, Alienation 2016, Persona 5 in 2017, and then May, Uncharted 4 of last year or whatever. Um, this has been the argument we've had back and forth a few times on this. The fact that I think in the beginning it was so weird that PlayStation 4 didn't have anything. The order slipped. Oh my God, what are they thinking? And then... The console continues to sell like hotcakes. Order comes out, not that great, but whatever. Same thing the next year. Uncharted gets bumped. You don't have to worry. Uncharted is not around. Okay, but PlayStation 4 is still selling. Do you think at some point they are accepting that that is the fate? This year, are they putting out a game in the fall, you think? Are they going to have a triple? I think they will, but I mean, I I don't... Maybe it's Gran Turismo, but I... I, um I've come to terms with the fact, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be redundant with the upcoming episode of Commons, right? So I won't get too deep into it because we talk about this a little bit, but, or I do. I mean, there's no way I, I, I wrote it. Uh, so unless I have like an imaginary friend, which is possible. I'm sure you do. Um, there, this entire generation is, represents, um, um, the improbable or the unlikely, right? Mm-hmm. For those that have been following games for a long time will know this generation of consoles was supposed to be DOA. Uh, we all and, thought this was going to be the last one, and 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 in fact, Wii U was supposed to be the harbinger um, of things to come for the console makers. Um, remembering that that console had a head start and came out in early 2012, so I mean, they had uh, right 2012, yeah, early 2012. Wii U, yeah, yep. it was a year before. I think so PS4, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, my assumption is that uh, it doesn't matter, and that. Like I said, because this is this is a tacit kind of admission on my part, which is that I I kind of think oh, I thought exclusives were too important. And when you really look at the evidence, um, whether it's PlayStation Three having a bajillion exclusives that and didn't that matter, matter at all. I mean, so many fucking exclusives came box exclusives, twisted metal, exactly. Or I think the bigger example is Wii U, 
No one's going to out first party and out exclusive Nintendo ever as long as they make hardware in terms of the resonance quality. and importance and quality of their overall catalog. The Wii U was outsold by the Vita. So clearly exclusives with nothing else doesn't push hardware. But clearly having everything else but no exclusives, Xbox One, doesn't push hardware either. You have to have both. And that's what Sony has um, in a generation that by all accounts shouldn't have had any business doing this well. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's just the combination of the both things that Sony has. Nintendo has the exclusives. Microsoft has everything else. Neither has what the other wants. And Sony actually has both. And I, I think that's why it works. I think the, one of the reasons it works, too, is the fact of what we've talked about since the February PlayStation 4 reveal event is that they came out and they spoke to gamers and they doubled down on gamers. And that's why they ran away. And I think to our point earlier, I think gamers have grown up. We are grown adults now with disposable income where, no, it isn't games need to be released in the holiday season because I need to put them on my Christmas list. You can release Horizon right now. And I'm oh, sure I have the money here. 60 bucks. Let's yeah. get it. I think you're right in the sense that, you know, there's some do like we talked about the dubious statistics that suggest like half of gamers are women. No, they're not that half of, uh, you know, uh, all, all these other like kind of ridiculous ESA statistics that like kind of give you a weird, weird um, painting Skew of, of what yeah, the game the game like because like. we look at it with our own eyes and we're like well that's just demonstrably not true you know yeah um, not that I'm saying that that's right or wrong I'm just saying like when I see statistics like that I'm like it's just not true but the statistic about age and that the age is actually rising every year along with the gaming industry's age uh, is indicative of exactly what you're saying. And I think you're right that there's just that gamers are older, uh, more discerning, eh, maybe even some ways less discerning when you see the game, some of the games that do well. Um, but uh, actually, I'll take that back. Gamers are extremely not discerning. Uh, but the you see people willing to put their money where their mouth is and spend more and yeah, i'm sure that that existed when we were younger with older people like my sure. uncle john played nintendo when but he, he was, was such a, he was a much smaller piece of the exactly pie. and so i think you're right I, I think that things are just spread out and i think that sony probably was more nervous in 2014 and maybe even 2015 by missing um like the order for instance not being ready uh, i'm sure that that was a nerve-wracking thing for them even though i'm sure they knew the order sucked and it wouldn't be that big of a deal but i think as they've seen things play out over many falls now yeah. not many but a few falls and a few winters that they're like we don't need these games like it, it just we don't need them at all actually horizon makes a lot more sense now although horizon would have made even more sense in april or something like that when it was a little slower sure so i think that they're just playing a calendar game that you can't possibly win or lose in every respectable way you have to you have to just play your hand and they've done it. And I think they, they've done it with great success and, and uh, horizon is uh, well, we'll get into it. You know, it's the expectations are, you know, I felt a little embarrassed actually uh, a few episodes ago when I, you and I had a conversation of horizon sales expectations. And I said, I, I can see it doing as many as 10 million units. Um, and, uh, and afterwards I was, you know, you were kind of, you kind of shot that down and I think reasonably so. And I was kind of like, maybe you're right. And then when I've seen the numbers from people that actually know what they're talking about, I'm like, Oh, I think I was actually right. You know, like, um, well, they're saying eight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get into that. And that's also, but that's analyst predictions. I hate that shit because I always worry about it. I, I hate seeing the bar get set too high. You know what I mean? Like when Pactor comes out and says something, and don't get me wrong, Pactor's great. I love him. And so are you. And we all predict this stuff, and then it, it happens or doesn't happen. But yeah, I just don't really, you know, I just kind of guess. Yeah, but uh, you read the tea leaves. I do. Well, I know what I, I know what I'm talking about. Whether people want to believe that or not, but um, so when I saw that the high end, I'm like, yeah, I was st- still still too high, but there is a bullishness outside of our own ecosystem for this particular game that I think is indicative of what we can expect for quality driven exclusives over the next few years. Because when I look at the ex- slate of exclusive games, my assumption about the six or so that we've mentioned is that all of them are going to be great, and the, probably the worst one will be Days Gone. Um, if if I were just and we don't we have no reason to believe or know that, but just looking at them, seeing some of them being played, yeah. Having played some of them ourselves, when I look at those AAA exclusives, I'm like, it's a good slate of games. Yeah. And when you look at when you look at what Microsoft has, 
I'm like, I don't think you have much of anything actually. Like I, 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 um, I said in our video last week that, or my video last week that, uh, you know, see if these is clearly going to bomb. And, 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 uh, I called, I was like, it's their dreams. Like, you know, no chance. It but looks like, fine. It looks, I, at first of all, I didn't think it looked fun, period. Those guys over there, when they went and played it at E3 last year, like, oh, it's totally fun to be in a room playing on four. That's not going to work online. Like, go fucking, hey, g- hey, you know, fucking come stain 92. Go take down the main sail so we can turn. I'm like, what the fuck? That's not going to happen. Yeah, no, it's not. So uh, I think the only game that they have over there on the other side, uh, and my hope is that they have a bunch of exclusives that they're going to announce alongside Scorpio, which it would be a reasonable expectation, but. You know, Crackdown Three is the only one where I'm like, this could be great. Yeah. The other games, you know, State of Decay is I'm sure gonna be fun. And I don't know. I like I said, like I concluded my video last week about Xbox. Uh, I kind of just feel bad for them because I actually think the console is good. Yeah. Um, and that if it just wasn't compared to PS4, it would look a lot better. 100. Uh, percent Final question here for the changing face of PlayStation before we begin the show. Valkyrie X says, "Hey guys, do you think Sony is moving in a direction where they're going to take less and less risks on creative projects like Puppeteer, Tokyo Jungle, Flower, uh, The Last Guardian, Tearaway, etc.? Because they are games that don't sell well and will never chart an NPD. Instead, they'll focus their resources on big AAA games with franchise potential to sell millions of copies. Do having niche titles like Gravity Rush and Unfinished Swan benefit their portfolio in any way, or are they ultimately just sunken costs? This is something we go back and forth on. I think last episode we talked about the fact where I was trying to drive home this point that." This is a different PlayStation for better and worse in certain ways. And I think the days of sitting there and incubating something super small like Tokyo Jungle or Flower or, hey, here's this little thing that we like and we believe in. Blah, blah. I, don't, I mean, I still think based on that E3 presentation last year that was AAA stuff, the way their exclusives are slotted now and the way PSX presents things. I, I, I don't think those games are going away. I think they have different opportunities to exist. The way you see Edith Finch getting picked up by another publisher. There's still people out there who are going to be down you know, night in the woods coming out the way it's coming out. Like the way that there are people there to support smaller things, you're going to get them. But I don't think PlayStation has an interest in that. We see with Sony Santa Monica next step. That's exactly what I was going to say is that Xdev has been basically cleaned. Um, and uh, so the answer to the short answer to the question is yes. Um, their risk aversion is way higher now because I think that they weren't seeing the returns that are necessary um, or maybe small returns that are better for a company in the red and not for a company in the black. What I mean by that is that like a company in the red will look for profit anywhere. A company in the black wants big profit. So, um, my, you know, I mean, we know people at Sony Santa Monica and other XDev things that they're gone. Like the, the, those game, you know, a game like Bound, um, a game like um, uh, Jesus Christ, what was the game where you flew around? Hohokam. Hohokam. Like what, all these games, they're, they're never going to do games like that again. Um, you know, and and also the evidence is on like, who, who, you know, Edith Finch, like the, like Giant Sparrow, as far as I understand, is not even internal anymore. It's, it's like working out of Santa, Sony Santa Monica. Like they've killed that entire contract that they had which was identical as far as i know which is i or as far as i can tell which is i was identical um to the the one that that game company had yeah. and i clearly these guys can't deliver a game on time so i am not you know i'm not super surprised as far as i understand about even uh the unfinished swan that game was really late and that game came out four and a half years ago um they're not exactly like splitting the atom over there so i don't know what the fuck they're doing but um i'm sure sony got tired of that and i'm also so, sure sony got tired of like working with all these different students and being like, we're just it's cool. It's fun to have this dynamic thing, Tokyo Jungle and Puppeteer and all those kinds of things. But Puppeteer bombed, you yeah. know, like um, Puppeteer bombed. It like wasn't even remotely positive about the way that game did critically, but com- or commercially, but critically, it did really well. So I think uh, to your point, I think that they're going to rely more on just outside indies. But then then that comes to the problem I've talked about a lot where there's just too many games now. There's too many games being released. Um, we'll see it again this week. I guarantee you um, that hurt everyone that the bottom is 
going to fall out of the PSN just the way it did with Steam and just the way it did a long time ago with the App Store if, they, yeah. if they're not careful. So they have to get their house in order in that respect. But yes, they are make they're hedging bets and taking bigger AAA bets that cost more money and will make them more money than they will with uh, the Tokyo jungles of the world. I think. Do you think the solution to the PSN being inundated with games and like the column was right about, uh, you know, mobile ruining everything is the solution. The fact that there are going to be trusted publishers who put out, uh, Eva Finch that put out other games on that smaller scale that you understand there's behind it. Meanwhile, the publishers that like I was talking about a few months ago now where I went through and watched all the trailers for the games we'd never heard of and I noticed it was the same publisher putting out all these games. Are they going oh, Devolver to... Devolver or whatever? No, no, not, not Devolver. Devolver does not even... No, no, no. I'm talking about like the ones that you've never heard of with like fucking clip art graphics. Oh, like, what the fuck oh, is it? It's, like, it's all the same thing. With them putting out that, won't they learn they're not making money on PSN so they'll back off and not do it? I assume so. I mean, it could be the spreadshot approach, too, that the early adopters do make a lot of money and they push everyone else out. Sure. And then there's nothing left. Yeah. But I don't know. I have major concerns about PSN. Um, and uh, someone needs to do something about it. But they're not going to. I mean, they're clearly asleep at the witch, or the witch asleep at the switch in many different ways. Which uh, is just staring at them. With, the, with their digital offerings, with the, with the functionality of PSN, with name changing, with trophies, with all these kinds of things. I mean, I forgot to put it in here, but you can buy trophies in the uh, That's topic of the week. Don't worry about that. Which we'll is like, incredible. Like, that is an incredible. Save it, save it, save it. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is PSI Love You XOXO. It is kindoffunny.com's PlayStation podcast. So go there, subscribe to the YouTube channels, back us on Patreon, keep the mics on. Of course. Peace, I love you, XOXO, is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet, all because of your support. Thank you so much. We post Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames and podcast services around the globe. Also remember, if you're going to PAX East, the Kind of Funny panel is Friday the 10th at 8.30 p.m. in the Dragonfly Theater. Will we be boozing? Oh, yeah. Colin, mm. let's begin the show with what is and forever will be Roper's Report. <laughs> Time for some singular possessive news. There are 12 items on the list. <laughs> a real dozen number one playstation vr hasn't only sold extremely well so far it's actually surpassed sony's expectations the new york times reports that sony has sold nine hundred fifteen thousand vr units as of february 19th sony's original projection was that it would take them six months to do a million units february 19th marks the fourth month psvr was on the market the new york times notes sales predictions of 243,000 for oculus rift and 420,000 for htc vive meaning psvr is beating both of its competitors combined in the piece, Sony's Andrew House notes that Sony is hopeful of me- supply meeting demand as spring rolls around and that the VR unit should be in sa- uh, for sale in the Latin American markets towards the end of the year. Um, great numbers. Great numbers. Uh, a really good piece, too. You, you obviously I read it. Yeah, yeah. I, love the idea. I love how they framed it around that people internally saying, like, we got to dial back our numbers, including Andrew House, who's then like, I was wrong. <laughs> Aaron asked an interesting question about this. I didn't think about, though. That piece has a complete dearth of engagement numbers. People buy these things like you and I bought them and, and, and enjoy them and have them or actually we got them. I, I gave I sold my pre-order to, to Kevin, but the Kev dog. Um, but uh, who are people playing it? Are games selling? Those are yeah. that's actually way more important and interesting than the units being sold because there was a lot of excitement and PlayStation has a hardcore fan base. But remember, too, that one in 55 PS4 owners have one. Sure. So it's not. You hope though that by getting the number out and we're ahead of projections, it it shows number one that Sony still is like, okay, cool, this is moving ahead. So we need to move ahead on funding cool shit, AAA, whatever it does, you know, things that of that nature. And I do think that the 
there's uh, you know GDC is happening right now in San Francisco. I definitely think there's an undercurrent there of people know Job Simulator, they know Arkham, you know what I mean? Like they know these VR experiences that came out. That sure, there's some VR out there that you know nobody played. Who knows what's happening with it? But there's stories in there that if you make something of quality, it's going to rise. Like you know, just coming off of Dice and all the other award shows that we saw, like people know what was the, were the the games on VR this year. Sure, I agree. We'll see how it all plays out. I think we'll we see will. how they treated E3. That will be a big. That's going to be a huge part. Very interesting yeah. thing. Number two, the sequel to Middle Earth: Shadow of Mordor is real. It's called Shadow of War, oh. and will launch on PS4 as well as other platforms on August 22nd in North America and August 25th in Europe. The announcement comes on the heels of a leak from retailer Target, which put the game up on their site along with box art, a confirmation of the developer Monolith. Not surprisingly, and more. I mean, this game is so obviously in development uh, forever. Um, well, the and, first and, one, was and so frankly, good. we've known that for. Yeah. I mean, we just couldn't say anything, but the. Um, the first game is very popular and very beloved, and I'll be interested to see. I like the date, August. Yeah. Very smart. Get out before the Call of Duty Battlefield Fiesta plus Red Dead's going to kill everything around it. Yeah. Number three, which might actually be a good reason why Sony should... My suspicion, by the way, just as an aside about the fall, this falls, I wouldn't be surprised if Sony has a deal with and Red Dead is going to be a, a bundle. And if that's the case, then they shouldn't put anything out. I really hope it doesn't get pushed. It's not going to get pushed. I don't think they would have announced the date. And that game's been in development also forever. I know. Number three. Although Grand Theft Auto Five was delayed, exactly. Huh, That's yeah. the thing is, I wish it was as easy as oh, they put a date on it, it'll be fine, everything's gonna be fine. Like we have so many examples of everybody fucking around. I forgot, the, I forgot the GTA Five was delayed. Number three, Horizon Zero Dawn is officially a critical darling, and research firm Superdata is bullish about the game's sales potential. Gamespot relays words of Superdata's expectations, which are six million sold by the end of end of 2017, with overall sales netting around eight million. Uncharted Four: Thief's End is assumed to be the best-selling PS4 exclusive to date at 8.7 million units as of early January of this year. So if Superdata is right, Horizon will be in very good company. I hope so, man. Game uh, deserves it. I think it's going to sell out very well. We'll see how it all goes down. Number four, I thought this was interesting. I don't know. You probably knew this. I didn't know this. Number four, we knew we know Kojima is making Death Stranding for PlayStation 4, and we know it's going to be profoundly weird based on its trailers, but we still don't know even what kind of game it is until now. In an interview with the PlayStation Black, Kojima confirms that it's an open-world action game, quote, with a lot of freedom. You have a lot of freedom of choice to do what you want to do, and you can get in vehicles and so on. If you are a fighter, there's plenty of opportunities for that. If you're not the type of player, there are other ways to play the game. I can't really say much more, but it's an open world action game that's very intuitive to play. Once you get into the world and start to explore more, we're hoping there's something that you've never seen before, end quote. End quote. Kojima also confirms that the game can be played both online and offline, though the exact nature of what that means is unclear. I assume it's like The Division, not gameplay-wise, sure. but in that, in that spirit. And obviously, you did a, an interview with Kojima. Two hours, looking. he talked about that, yeah, uh, and it confirmed what it, the kind of game it was. The thing I... My prediction... No one picked that up in the news because I didn't see that running no. around anywhere. That's so weird because no one knew what kind of game it was. People suck. The I thing, guess I guess journalists at those outlets would have to do you know work. <laughs> the thing about uh, the thing in the two hour Kojima interview I did that's up right now on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games is what I'm predicting for this game and I can't is that he said it in there right that we hope a few hours in this is something you've never seen before. He made a big point when we were talking about what this game is and that it's open world. Once you do an open world game, you can't go back. It's got to be open world. It is action. You can fight. He kept talking about like spears though and this close interpersonal combat. And he's like, don't, there's guns too, but this is what I'm talking about. He kept talking about connections though. And then he's like, and he keeps talking about like when you watch the trailers, the game's in there. Like if people can figure it out and sort it out, nobody has yet. Nobody's cracked the code. It's in there. And what I think about all the time is he kept driving home in this interview connections and like i think literally he's talking about you know, not li- literally but in the trailers norman reedus being attached to the fetus right reedus is fetus then he got mads mickelson the connections to all these soldiers that then break away guillermo's her holding a baby whatever 
I have a feeling, and I don't know how he would do this, but he's the crazy enough AR, you know, the fucking bandage Moby Dick guy loving all that shit. He said in my interview with him, like, game's already started. You're, it's happening right now. You know what I mean? Like, that's how he views this. I don't know how, but what was telling for me with that background was talking to him about it and he's saying, yeah, you know, I think people are going to get, a, a, you know, one or two hours, two or three hours in and they're going to feel like this is something different. This is something special. Start seeing the things. I think somehow this game is going to pull from your social media, your personal feeds, your Facebooks, and somehow craft things in the game that you're going to be going and be like, oh, that character is named Colin. That's weird. You know what I mean? Mm. Shit like that. And then a few hours in, you're going to be like, wait, this isn't coincidence. Like these things that are happening and what I'm reading in report, I don't know how you would do that. I could be a million miles wrong on it. But the, the way he talks about connections, the way he talks about the game already starting, the way he talks about something you've never seen before, that's how it would be. And that's how I think when you're talking about it'll be how do you play it online, offline kind of thing. I don't think it's going to be multiplayer, massive kind of shit like that, but open world somehow pulling from your life, your con- like more shit similar to Psycho Mantis. Of you're, even if you're playing offline and you're playing the PlayStation 4, oh, you've Platinum Horizon. You know what I mean? Like I can see what you've done on this. That'd be very interesting. That's a really nice idea. My prediction. You just hype that game up way higher than it's probably going to be. Now, the. Oh, yeah, the, and, and, and as far as your news not getting out there, uh, people are tired of the state of games journalism, as we all are. Uh, having an interview with Jason Schreier going up next week, the week after GDC, that yeah. I think you guys will enjoy about the importance of games journalism. Um, also, as an aside to that, I, I hadn't talked about this at all. I was so shocked just with the, fa- the continued failing of games journalism that uh, the piece I did about tariffs wasn't picked up by anyone. There's literally two outlets, us and polygon that wrote anything about the fact that your video game prices are probably going to go up and here's why mm-hmm. and i actually had a bunch of sources and talked about the production pipeline and where games are manufactured and why this all matters and no one ha- like wants to talk about that because it's not it's not clickbaity enough because it's not not a sexy. top 10 <laughs> so sick of that shit if anyone had the wherewithal they would have known that that was important information that would could have gotten they could have gotten their site weeks before the playstation blog posted it it's like does anyone does anyone do that anymore except for mm-hmm. jason and patrick lepic and a few other people does anyone give a fuck because the audience does. It's so weird. Yeah. Jesus. It's annoying. Number five. <laughs> In an interview with IGN. You're going to like this one. I don't know if you saw it. Marvel Games creative director, okay. Bill Rose. What up, Bill? Confirmed two very interesting factoids about the upcoming slate of Marvel games. None of them are tied into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And none of them are tied to any movie releases. As in timing. Here's what he said to IGN in part. Quote. We want to give developers freedom to tell their story. We want to make it an original story. Ellipsis. We're not going to rush things. We're not going to get things out before they're done. We're also not going to try to do very tricky balancing acts of trying to make a game that adapts a movie and get it out in the same window as the movie. End quote. So what we already probably knew, but confirm what I've been predicting for a while. Yeah. And that's why, again, I mean, we have a games cast topic going live on this this week of just why Marvel's doing everything right. I feel like right now with what with how they're making these video games things and what how they're building this portfolio. My argument, they could have done better. Number six. I disagree. I'll be interested to see what people think of that, that argument. I think those are two cogent arguments that we made mm-hmm. on, that, on that particular episode. Number six. Sony published Team Ninja developed PS4 exclusive Neo is officially a commercial hit. In addition to being a critical hit, Silicon Era relayed word from Japanese website gamer.ne.jp that a million copies have been sold so far. The game was reportedly underprinted for the retail market. Numbers would presumably be even higher if Sony could have kept up with demand. In the meantime... Neo's got fucking amazing positive vibes going on in the games industry right now. And uh, congratulations to Team Ninja and to Sony for picking that up late in the game. I have no idea what Tech Koei was even thinking, letting them do that. But there must be some monies. Someone at Sony, I assume, went and really played it 
and was like, we have to acquire this as soon as possible. Just give them money. It's huge. It's going to be huge. And I assume that Neo will reach 2.5 or 3 before it all said done. Nice. Which I think would be. You can get back to it? I'd love to. Yeah. I really think that it was a lot of fun. I'm terrible at it, but it was a lot of fun. Sure. But this is what we were talking about before. It's like Mass Effect's going to be soon. I want to play Nier Automata. I think Neo's going to be one of those games that in that lull, April, May, June, which I'm hoping we're going to have, that I just delete it and just delete the save sure, and start Sure, restart. Yeah. Number seven. If you're a next level PlayStation 4 fanboy, you may care about this. Seems that Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy isn't exclusive to the console. After all, Sony and Activision never said it was per se, but the game was revealed at Sony's E3 2016 press conference and shown off further at PSX this past December. And because of Crash's PlayStation-based heritage, there was some assumption it would only come to PS4. However, the Twitter account of PlayStation Ireland noted that the game would, quote, be coming oh, to PlayStation Shalele. 4 and PS4 Pro first, end quote. A since-deleted tweet said it was exclusive. So something is amiss. Um, not a huge surprise. I didn't really think about it too deeply. That's a surprising one with all the exclusives that they get from third party publishers like Neo and, and second parties that they didn't secure that one. I, th- I, th- I think that the, I, I, you have to assume that maybe their expectations are just not that high for it. And my expectations for it are not that high either. So. See, I feel like there's two. What, really? You don't think it looks good? I mean, oh, I think it looks good. I don't think it's going to sell. Oh, like, I, see saying, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I don't think that they probably looked in their heart. Like, I thought there was an. I mean, this is the problem with tweets and this being the fucking source or whatever. I would say they're deleting the tweet because. That doesn't make sense, right? The coming first thing. Because I, I, th- I could have sworn one of our fans tweeted at somebody involved with this thing and got a response of, no, it is exclusive to PlayStation. To Vicarious or. Visions or whatever. Yeah, this, this is the newest information we gotcha. have. Gotcha. Fucking Hot off the presses. All over the place. Number eight. Square Enix has created a new internal studio. Studio Estolia, located in Japan, will be tasked with making a game called Project Pre- Prelude Rune. The interesting wrinkle here is that the studio will be headed up by Hideo Baba, the man behind the Tail series, mm. who has joined Square Enix and was at Namco Bandai for like two decades. What does that do for you as a Tailspin? It's fucking devastating. Silicon Arrow reports that the studio will ultimately work on original IP and like the aforementioned Project Prelude Rune as well as IP that Square Enix has already developed. I'll be interested to see how Tails, uh, Tails will continue but I, 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 I'll be interested to see how it continues without him because he was so incredibly influential in that. Also, it's really weird that anyone, any prolific Japanese developer really leaves their companies. Now you're seeing this more and more. Maybe we're just paying closer attention but Inafune, Iga, mm-hmm. Um, Kojima, Baba, so four pretty big names um, in Changing their respective genres. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what Project Prelude Rune is. I'll be on day one if Baba has anything to do with it. Number nine, Rational Games has a new name. Boston-based studio is now called Ghost Story and is led up by Irrational lead Ken Levine. I'm going to see if I can see Ken when we're in Boston. We'll see what that happens. A statement on the team's website reads, quote, Founded by 12 former Irrational Games developers, our mission is simple, to create immersive story-driven games for people who love games that ask something of them. While we believe our new games will have strong appeal to fans of Bioshock, our new focus allows us to craft experiences where the gameplay is as challenging as the stories. End quote. Sounds fucking awesome. Mm. Irrational was originally founded... There's a typo here, Greg. I'm going to have to fix that for myself. Irrational was originally founded... you should publish all your notes. I should. My, my memoirs... The uh, Irrational was originally founded in 1997 and its first game, System Shock 2, came to market in 1999. The team is best known for Bioshock, which launched in 2007, as well as Bioshock Infinite, which came out in 2013. Number 10. Four big names from Telltale Games have officially left their San Francisco-based developer for another one, Ubisoft San Francisco. Senior directors Dennis Leonard and Nick Herman, narrative director Pierre Charette, and creative producer Adam Saracen 
are the four guys who made the move with combined credits on games ranging from The Walking Dead and The Wolf Among Us to Tales from the Borderlands and Minecraft Story Mode. It's unclear what they'll be doing, working on, rather, but the quotes from Ubisoft in their blog indicated something new. That's to a pretty be clear, big To be clear, that's a huge fucking deal. That is a huge deal if you like Telltale Games. I've been working with those guys, you know, whether it be on Walking Talking Dead or whatever the fuck we call the IGN show where we did the mm-hmm. recaps to Tales to Batman. I mean, those guys have been a brain trust at Telltale Forever. I went and did a, um, when I went down and hosted stuff at South by Southwest for the, and did the gaming awards or whatever, uh, you know, hung out, hung out with some of them there. Like they're, they've been in this for a long time. They do great work. And bo- again, I can't say this enough. Tales from the Borderlands was awesome. And I think that was Nick's project. And they were taken together. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I, I would have loved to hear how that was all done. Yeah. 100%. All for one, yeah. And one for Dennis all kind of. and Pierre, I had done a lot of Walking Dead stuff with. I remember Pierre was in there for when I went down while they did the recording for uh, now Madden Mickelson is on the, uh, the guy from Reservoir Dogs who was in uh, Walking Dead, the season two. I have no idea. Okay. It's no big deal. You want me to look? I'll look for you. No, I can keep thinking. He talks like this all the time. This is how he talks. You are talking about. Michael Madsen. Michael Madsen. No wonder I couldn't get Mad Mickelson out of there. That's what it was. Thank you. Mechanism cleared. Very nice, man. Scary. Intimidating, but very nice. Remember that? That's how you knew he was a good dude, is that I had met him. They didn't knock Kevin out? No, I had met him down when I did the uh, stupid the Walking Dead show thing or whatever. Where I was talking to him, did an interview. And then when he came through, he emailed, his agent emailed me. He was like, hey, he wants to come by IGN. I was like, uh, okay. And he grabbed Kevin's shoulder. And then he broke him in half. Joke slam. By God. Number 11. Congratulations to Mo Yang. Mo Yang. Microsoft because Minecraft has now sold 122 million units with 55 million individual players playing the game each month. Good Lord. Word comes by way of Minecraft's Twitter account, which celebrated the amazing milestone at 122 million units. Minecraft is very easily the best selling game of all time. If you discount the 8000 versions of Tetris that have been sold over 30 (laughs) years, which amounts to a combined half a billion copies, which I think is bullshit. Um, I, I hate how that's counted. I think it's so dumb. Um, so congratulations Minecraft which in my book is by far the biggest game of all time and number 12 is a wrap up futuristic racer light field is coming to PS4 at some point in the future stealth game serial cleaner which looks pretty cool is coming to PS4 at some point in the future I think it's like you clean up after murder scenes I think oh nice and finally, Ruiner, which will also exclude a top-down looking shooter, is coming to PS4 at an undetermined point in the future. You can go read a PlayStation blog's postings for those if you want. Colin? Yes. I enjoyed spicing it up, putting some questions here and there as we went. Do what you got So do. here you go. Rvarge007 wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can and says, Hi, Greg and Colin. Now I have a bone to pick with you about a question you read last episode. When you read the question about relating to female protagonists, my eyes rolled so hard that they got stuck looking up. I'm writing this via speak to type like somebody who just discovered the novelty of this feature and doesn't care how dumb they look yelling into their phone. I can't even see forward anymore, which has led to some uncomfortable situations. This morning, for example, I bumped into what must have been an old lady and she pulled me aside and yelled, if I wanted to know what's coming to the mom and grop shops this week, where would I go? Uh, that wasn't a very good Much moment. love from NYC Ricky. But he's from New York, so you got no, love. No, I love him. You get some, you get some extra points. Uh, uh, the upcoming, I don't know. It's a list. You got a list of games from <laughs> the drop. Uh, <laughs> the wheels are falling off. We're at Were they ever 50 on? Min- no. Here are the games for this week, Greg. Okay. A King's Tale Final Fantasy 15 comes to PS4 Digital. It's out the first, so that is a Wednesday release. Set in a fictitious 30-year... 
What a weird way to start a sentence. Set in a fictitious 30 years before Final Fantasy 15. Guys, Square Enix, Final Fantasy is fictitious. You don't have to say that it's fictitious 30 years before the fictitious game that took place. Well, I think maybe this means it's not the canon of the world. Talking no? about? Set in a fictitious 30 years before Final Fantasy 15, this game features retro-style visuals centered around a fast-paced combat system with influences from modern gaming. The in-depth combat system blends intense attacks, devastating magic, mighty summons, and unique companion attacks into a singular gaming experience through three diverse locations in the world of Final Fantasy 15 which apparently is not fiction. ACA Neo Geo Nam 1975 comes to PS4 Digital. It's out the second, so that is a Thursday release. Nam 1975 is an action game released by SNK in 1990. It was one of the first ever games released on Neo Geo. Players take on the role of U.S. Special Forces soldiers braving a harsh battlefield as they try to survive a series of deadly firefights. I wonder where the game takes place. I don't know. If only we had some clue. What was with the Japanese people's obsession with Vietnam? Metal Gear. Dying Reborn comes to PS4 and PSVR digital old school puzzle solving gameplay reminiscent of adventure game classics mixed with impressive first person visuals that make for a gritty and immersive experience fans of movie series such as saw need to look no further a mysterious fish head nemesis oh my god a grudge a series of never-ending trials and a shocking ending will satisfy all your needs look at the all right that's just that says don kevin do we have sky cam for this this is just it's just a fish head in a in a thing Rotate it there. Bring it over there. It's a fish head, Kev. Kev's going to punch in on Dying Reborn, which is just a fucking floating fish head. You can see it right there. It's a fish head. Dying Reborn. But it's PlayStation VR, so hey, cool. Thanks, Kev. Good work. Hopefully my murder plans for Greg weren't open on the computer. (laughs) One of the tabs, how to kill Greg. (laughs) poison chicken wings. next time i know i know we're gonna do something like that i should make a bunch of fake tabs it'll yeah, be funny yeah, as hell <laughs> format 8 comes to ps4 and psv to digital cross by this game's been percolating for a while i think format 8 is a unique take on the metroidvania action adventure formula with a striking visual style and a huge world to explore as a small exploration probe format 8 you're stranded alone on the surface of an alien planet separated from your companions you have a life or death mission to accomplish find and recover a lost powerful energy source before it's too late are you ready to encounter I'm sorry, are you ready to uncover it, not encounter the truth? Don't encounter it. I'm not. I'm not really ready. I'm going to play that, I think. Ghostblade HD comes to PS4 Digital. Ghostblade HD is an intense bullet hell shoot 'em up game with satisfying and addictive score-based gameplay. Oh, right. My favorite kind of gameplay. Designed with a modern graphic style and special effects, Ghostblade also features an awesome two-player mode. Ghostblade HD is easy to learn. Finish the sentence. Difficult to master. Yet hard to master. Grim Legends The Forsaken Bride comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. Within the shadows of an ancient forest on the bottom of a foggy valley stands the lonely village of Ravenbrook. The folk there are cheerful and diligent, yet warily superstitious. Ah! They surround the village with countless charms to keep the evil spirits at bay. For on the other side of the forest, there lies a seemingly bottomless pit known as the Abyss. It is the place the villagers of Ravenbrook fear most. Mm. It's, it's, you told me like you were, were give me a ghost story there. You the, you like you know, yeah, yeah. the sheets are over our head. You got the flashlight under your chin. Your hands are all over me over that dick oh horizon zero dawn comes to playstation 4 digital and retail horizon zero dawn is an exhilarating new open world action rpg exclusively for ps4 developed by the award-winning guerrilla games Killzone. that says that in parentheses oh, okay take on the role of skilled hunter aloy terrible name as you explore a vibrant and lush world inhabited by mysterious mechanized creatures and go to the moon where she lives mm-hmm. aloy, i love that people aloy. On uh, Neil Gaff, someone I tweeted, I, I ran to someone because they're like, "You spoiled that I like 
I the very fact that I was excited about the the uh, the setting, everyone's like, which is not the moon. Everyone was like, oh, you spoiled it. I'm like, I spoiled the fact that it takes place somewhere. Get a grip. The Incredible Adventures of Van Helsing comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. <laughs> Put on your wide brimmed hat, grab your weapons, and embark on an incredible adventure in the gothic noir world of Borgovia, where mad science threatens the fragile peace between monster and mortal. Be Van Helsing, monster hunter extraordinaire, and save the day with your charming and beautiful companion, Lady Katarina, who happens to be a ghost, by the way. Oh! Explore the savage wilderness in the mountains and the soot-stained brick districts of grim metropolis twisted by weird science. And don't forget, you might never know who the real monsters are. Is it me? Is it me, the player? Or is it just Greg Miller? I hope so. I think it's just you. Stranger okay. of Sword City Revisited comes to Vita Digital. From the present day to the parallel world, Iscario. Survive in the land of polar night. Enjoy the tried and true fundamental charms of the dungeon RPG genre, such as character creation, dungeon exploring, and item collecting. This is a really bad write-up, guys. Really, really bad. Oh, man, they tried, you know? They really didn't. No, I mean, that's a really probably one of the worst yeah. things I've ever read. <laughs> it's not true at all. I used to edit freelance reviews at IGN sometimes. They were worse at times. Remember that one that we wouldn't even publish? Yeah. Suikoden in 4 comes to PlayStation 3 digital. PlayStation 3 digital is a PS2 classics. A prequel to the acclaimed role-playing series Suikoden. Suikoden 4 reveals the origins of the Rune of Punishment. The Rune of Punishment! Although set in the past, Suikoden 4 has no shortage of innovation as it features a tactical formation system of more than 60 playable characters. Torment Tides of Numenera comes to PlayStation 4 digital and retail. Explore Earth 1 billion years in the future in the science sense really far away. Explore Earth 1 billion years in the future in the science fantasy setting of Numenera. Discover the ninth world built on the bones of extinct hyper-advanced civilizations and leave your own mark on it. Make thousands of essential choices. Face the consequences and meet death incarnated as you seek the answer to the ultimate question. What is the ultimate question, Greg? Are we alone? Actually, it's what does one life matter? Fuck! God damn it. I don't what? know. I assumed a billion years from now we got aliens down here doing shit. The Walking Dead, the Telltale series, A New Frontier comes to PS4 retail. Mm. Telltale's award-winning series returns with its third season, A New Frontier, continuing the emotionally powerful storytelling scene in seasons one and two. We return to one of gaming's most beloved characters, Clementine. We see her story through the eyes of Javier, a young man determined to find the family taken from him. Also known as Javier. Put out episode three already. I'm sick of hearing soon. WRC 6. They seem to be less, more, less organized than they were with Batman. WRC yeah. 6. Well, probably because they had to work with DC on it. WRC 6, PS4 Digital Retail, out the third. So this is a Friday release. On a racetrack, it's the car that makes all the difference. That's a strong statement. That In is a, a rally, it's the driver. Oh, WRC 6 puts you to the test. Fog mud, punctures, night racing, engine breakdowns. You have to deal with it all. You've Man, fog buds, you've been dealing with a long time, Colin Moriarty. Pick of the week's obviously Horizon. Of course. Come on. I don't be silly. by Horizon. Stupid. How many times have I got to tell Why you? Why are you being stupid? Today I, fucking idiot. Today I tweeted out that if you don't like the Golden Girls, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. I also want to just let you know that if you don't like Horizon, you're a fucking idiot. Right. No reason not to like it. No. Don't be stupid. None. Topic of the show. Tots, tots, tots. It comes from an old friend of ours, Colin Moriarty, Zyger1337. Zyger writes in and says, hey, Greg and Colin. And pack a lunch because he's going to write. He's going to talk for all. My question this week is about PSN trophies and a possible new trend regarding them. Near Automata comes out soon, and as the internet recently discovered, you can buy the game's trophies. To be clear, you can only purchase the trophies using in-game currency starting after your second full playthrough of the game. There doesn't seem to be a way to purchase the, in- pur- purchase the in-game currency with real money for the time being, so it's all done in the game. My question is, do you think this could possibly set a new, possibly more mischievous trend for PSN pro- trophies. This 
is the first time in all recorded PSN history where you can buy your way into a platinum trophy. To be fair, only after the second full playthrough of the game and only with in-game currency, but that's only this example. What's to prevent a developer from making a My Name is Mayo type game and having a trophy that requires you to play for a thousand hours or pay 99 cents to add a thousand hours onto your phone, your current playtime and pop the trophy? For Nier Automata, I suppose it's a fair system, but I don't want to send developers the message that it's okay to sell PSN trophies. Below is an image, and we already saw this stuff. You, you've read the article too, right? Your yes. Brief? And then he put an edit. Most you, site- you should, I mean, maybe people aren't familiar with it if they need to. If they need background. Oh, but double two. Well, I mean, he actually did a really good job explaining it. And then he puts an edit. Most sites say you can be begin purchasing trophies on your third playthrough. Thus, why I said after your second through your playthrough. However, some are saying it's after your third playthrough. Basically, you got to play the game multiple times. And this, the screenshots are in Japanese, which is making this a bit more difficult. Colin Moriarty, where do you come down on this? It's a disaster. It's totally. <laughs> it's 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 not only th- this is so serious, actually that Sony needs to like make sure this doesn't happen like actually pull this functionality out it's not fair to the ecosystem we often talk about how platinum trophies are not all created equal that's obviously true but they're counted the same and that's also true but we still exist in an ecosystem where at least there's agency in the developers choices to say like well we're going to make a hard platinum we're going to make an easy platinum we're going to make an unfair platinum multiplayer trophies whatever we don't like some of those things but they have the agency and the choice in which to say like we're going to do that but you have to earn them Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so like I had a huge problem with my name is Mayo this is 10 times worse than my name is Mayo you know like for I don't care how many times you have to play it if you can go into a store and just ping trophies by buying things in the game arbitrarily to get those trophies not because sure like, you're not the the trophy isn't spend 5,000 gems exactly. it's just a buy the trophy right now and it pings for you yeah that's yeah. ridiculous yeah and is an economy breaking uh situation what i mean by that is like the the we never had a situation where we can just we can just arbitrarily go yeah like you said you grind things to get trophies sure. all the time this is the, and i know that some people are not going to care about this but a lot of people will care about this and this is this is not okay and now the the, uh, the near autonomous platinum trophy officially means jack shit if i even see anyone have that now it's gonna be laughable because i'm gonna be like i can't believe that you you earned it sure you know and the, the thing about it is for me it's zyger slippery slope that is the scary issue that this uh, on a for me i think here's the thing is that for if it's the, your third playthrough you can buy we're just gonna say uh your third play you can play it you've put so many hours into that game that i don't think you're just cashing in on a trophy on an easy platinum like i did with uh uh my name is mayo i want to say taco master but there's at least gameplay in taco master rather than just tapping the fucking jar of mayo right so for me my name is mayo is is still a lesser platinum trophy. I'm just like, well, clearly you only did it for this one reason. I, what I want to do here is read, jump into trophy time, combine the segments here, because the trophy time, uh, this trophy can go fuck itself award is from the big spoon who wrote in and said, Colin and Greg, I think I have a pretty solid submission for this trophy can go fuck itself. It's been bothering me for years. Persona 4 Golden is one of the most revered Vita games, but it has been sitting on my list at an infuriating 98% since early 2013. The bronze trophy, hardcore Rosette fan, here, 250 uh, of Risei's navigation lines, is that last trophy I need for the platinum. I did an entire playthrough dedicated to acquiring this trophy, parentheses, following one of many very in-depth guides written for this one trophy, and I apparently failed. There there isn't any in-game counter for her lines, so there's no way to know if I'm even close. I also hate I also hate to say it, but it does taint this amazing experience I had with this game. Whenever someone mentions Persona 4 Golden, I think, what an awesome game, but fuck! 
And I understand what he's talking about here, the big spoon, because I remember when Goldfarb and Steimer were going for that platinum and they looked like crazy people with notepads and things and crossing out lists. And the rest that one's a great example of a really shitty trophy. Really, yeah. really shitty. Yeah, the, Persona, the Persona 4 list is just bad generally, which is why I think that I, I'm confident that the Persona 5 list won't be that bad. Yeah. Uh, they must know. You hope so. Yes, they must know. listen to that one. They must know. But that's an, a really interesting point that I think applies to near automata in the way of, okay, cool. So he's fucked on this one. I, and, and this is what kept me away from the Persona 4 Golden. Even I tried, I was like, I'm going to try to do it because it was a downtime. And then I actually looked more into it. I'm like, fuck this. No, because I, this is my nightmare of cool. I've dedicated the entire playthrough. I think I've done everything, but I didn't. And I don't know how to easily go back and do it. Like that sucks. And so. It's this weird system, and this is the slippery slope thing of, do I think he should be able to use Persona 4 Golden in-game currency to buy that trophy, to just have it pop and get his platinum? No, but I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if, if it was just that one thing. Nier Automata is the same situation. You've played the game three times, and I don't know how long the campaign is, but I'm sure it's hours. It's not, it's not like I'm busting through it in two hours I'm sure or something. it's not that long. I, it's action, it's platinum, so whatever. You jump in, you're able to do this. I, to get the in, and this is based on just screenshots in Japanese, who knows? To buy those trophies, get that currency, I'm assuming right now, giving them the benefit of the doubt that it's a lot of in game currency, which means I am grinding to get this currency to get out there and go do this. Do I mind that that much? I think it's dumb. I don't think, I think like this one on a really hard fucking hours and hours and hours, as long as Persona 4 Golden is, okay, that's fine. New York Tomina, I think that's weird and stupid, but. I'm not like, hor- but I get really weird because yeah, it is going to open up the door now to yeah, okay, even if it is, it, it, my name is Mayo 2, it does have a thousand hour trophy every time you tap, you get in-game currency but it's a million in-game currency mayos, but you can buy mayos for 99 cents, it's, you know what I mean, like it is a can of worms that shouldn't be open. There's no reason to do this. And it's going to get fucking, it's going to bite them in the ass doubling back to last week's PSI love you XOXO where the whole thing was trophies are broken. Or I guess it was two weeks ago. Trophies are broken and no one is watching the store on this front and there is no gatekeeper. And if there is no gatekeeper, how are they going to catch this when it does happen in a really shitty devious way? I mean, no one cares. I mean, that's the thing over there. Like that, like I told you, like East origin has a fucking misspelled, just blatantly misspelled trophy that somehow got through. It's like these people are asleep at the fucking at the switch. And this particular or the witch, depending on your part or the witch, which is, you know, she might have put you to sleep. Uh, But the situation, I I mean, you're right in the sense that, I mean, it, it, it is ultimately meaningless, but it is a bridge too far for me. And it's, it's just different than saying like spend a million currency and you get the trophy as opposed to saying like spend a million currency and get the trophy you're missing. Yeah, that's that's, that's the, just that's just strange. Like, I don't understand how that's possible that they allow that. That's basically having access to a trophy debug menu. Uh, and yeah, the currency might be rare, but the, like, what is the point of doing that? Just make your trophies easier. Like, it's just I agree strange. With you. Make, yeah, make a good list trophies of trophies. Are, yeah, if your trophies, if you don't have all the trophies in a game after two or three playthroughs, that's fucking that's just stupid. You know, unless you're not trying to get them. But if you're trying to get them, you know, everything should be gotten on one playthrough. First of all, I don't agree. No, I'm just looking. I want more information. I want to see if anybody's done more translate because I'm, I'm concerned or interested. I should say, is it? Yeah. Can you go through mm, this? Oh, here you go. Unlock the. Oh, I got a, I got a hamburger ad. Carl's Jr. Don't knock down the walls, Colin. Yeah, finish three cycles of Nier Automata and complete the full story. Location is over there. Uh, find the strange resistant w- woman in the resistance camp. She's available 24-7. Talking to her will reveal a large list of options. Select request unlocking you-know-what at the bottom of the list. That opens up the trophy list. Each trophy is numbered, so you'll have to check the description to see what you're buying. The basic pricing guide goes like this. Bronze trophy, 50,000. Sil- sil- silver tr- trophies, 100,000. Gold trophies, 200. 
They're extremely expensive and buying all of them will be very costly. But if you're looking for an alternate method to platinum, this is it. Don't forget, after purchasing a trophy, it's unlocked forever, meaning you can exploit the system with a little save file trickery. Yep. I, mean, well, I mean, that's what I was thinking, too. Like, you could just absolutely just get 200,000 yep. currency there and you just go. buy them, shut it off, buy them. Yeah, because the trophy system's not tied to your safe. Great point. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking like a mischievous bad Very guy. stupid. Very dumb. Very, very dumb. Uh, Profoundly dumb. Yeah. So, no, that shouldn't happen, and I'm, but I, in a, whatever for near, but I'm more worried about what's going to happen for other games going forward. Colin, let's check on the readers. Thanks to Jericho, as always, for going over to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, compiling all the questions for us so we get in there and get either. Colin, I'm going to let you pick them. It's a Colin Pick'em Day. You ready? I love Colin Pick'em Day. You can have extreme sports video games, remote play friendly games. We answered a lot already. Or GameStop. GameStop. None of the other two are really very appealing to me. Anthonymous says, hello, Colin and Greg. So I was watching the episode of Colin was right about GameStop, and there is something I would like to specifically respectfully disagree with. I don't always agree with Colin, but I respect his opinion, and I would like him to rethink his opinion on something. Colin stated that Game Informer's continued relevance is largely due to GameStop's in-store subscription service. While this may help the sales of the magazine, I disagree that this has much to do with Game Informer's relevance. I can't speak to the magazine's sales itself. However, Game Informer's staff writes some great articles and features, makes great video content, and fosters a pretty big community, not unlike all the best friends. GI's editors do some real journalism, in my opinion. Their interviews especially have been insightful and often make me interested in someone I have never heard of before. Also, Andy McNamara and Andrew Reiner have been around for a long time and know the business pretty well. Leadership like that certainly contributes to the continued success of what they do over there. Anyway, feel free to dismiss me if you think I'm wrong, Colin. Just wanted to get the opinion out there. And hey, I would agree with you on this, but then we would both be wrong. Smiley emoticon. Real talk, though. I love you guys. Keep up the great content. Anthony. Well, I mean, I respect where he's coming. I mean, he is wrong. Uh, GameStop's, uh, you you basically get a subscription to Game uh, to Game Informer for even being part of their power up program or whatever the fuck it's called, right? Yeah. So this power makes this makes it more enticing to advertisers. Also, the fact that Game uh, Game Informer gets uh, you know its cover stories because you have to compete with them at IGN. Game, they get their cover stories and they're and they're really early access because it's on a shelf at GameStop where pre-orders everyone are made. sees it when you go in there. Yeah. Uh, so you're categorically wrong, but I respect what you're saying in the sense that uh, I'm not talking about. Pro- I know people there. I actually that's personally 100%. know them, so that's not that's not what the piece was about at all. Exactly. And it was the a relevance of the magazine in the fact that in this day and age there is a magazine still around doing that well is what you're talking about is because of its relationship to GameStop. 100. It would the, not exist if GameStop didn't own it. The quality of the articles is not in question. The no, quality no, no, no. of the staff is not. Those guys are great. Yeah. But you have to understand that it is a it is a GameStop has it for a reason. It is a it is another reason to have be, be part of that ecosystem, that GameStop ecosystem. But it is also a way to gain incredible advertising revenue from from companies, expose games that people want pre-ordered. I bet you every fucking day, many many times, someone picks up that issue of whatever with whatever on the cover of Game Informer with whatever on the cover, and is like, I want to pre-order this now. That that's money in the bank for for the developers. It's money in the bank for the publishers. That's money in the bank for the for um. Uh, for GameStop itself, and and so I appreciate what you're saying because on a personal level, I know those guys. I mean, I've known people that yeah. have worked there for years, and they're they're very friendly and they're very talented. That that team's actually stayed together for a long time. It's not a, a commentary on them at all. They'd all be fine without Game Informer, by the way. It's a commentary on Game Informer itself. Game Informer's relevance. Game Informer would have gone out of business many years ago, like every other gaming magazine, exactly. if it if it didn't have that. So you're wrong, but I appreciate you writing in, and I I think you're right in the sense that they they are very quality. I feel driven. like if anything, his interpretation was wrong yeah. in terms of what you meant by relevance, because I agree with you when it sat and explained out, and I agree with you obviously when I heard it in the episode. But calling that out, 
Um, G- Mr. Yasman 300, which always makes me think of the birth control Yaz, yes. and I'm sure he doesn't mean that, but I always, I always think of these girls. Yes. Yes. Greetings, guys, from Bahrain. Why is Joe Carnahan lying about meeting Naughty Dog and then being happy with the Uncharted movie script? Druckman said on Twitter that he and the studio never met him or read the script in a recent and in a recent interview on Collider.com. Joe said, quote, and what I've heard is that Naughty Dog, the Naughty Dog guys are really happy with it. But who knows? That could be like Donald Trump hearing something that may not be true at all. He also said that he wrote the script as an R-rated film. Everything this asshole is saying is him basically disrespecting Naughty Dog and the fans. Thanks for taking my questions. I think you're jumping to conclusions there about him being an asshole. Uh, I also, I mean, all right, so Neil's a a personal friend of ours. You're going to have dinner with him this week. I won't be here. So you can relay a word to him about this. I think his tweets were a complete overreaction to what was actually said. Mm. And uh, I understand that they're probably upset that they're not involved or don't want to be involved or they don't want this movie to exist. There's some reason, something at Naughty Dog is not right with this movie. And and people there are not right with it. I think that you can read into that pretty safely with Neil's tweets about it. Um, but the guy, to his credit, never said that Naughty Dog for sure knew. He said that that's what I've been told, and, and the, he probably, frankly, was told that. And that's so, the thing is, like, how does this happen? I, I imagine there's mad for the wrong person. It's Hollywood, and there's a million different layers of agents and people and studio execs in this movie that's been fucking in limbo and hell forever. Like, I'm sure that he turned it into whoever they did it. They saw it. these people comes back, and in some passing thing, like, oh yeah, and the people who made the game saw it too, and they like it. Maybe in what probably meant was a Sony executive saw it, not Naughty Dog, or it could have been a Sony side producer, could have been anyone. Naughty Dog's also a big studio neil would obviously know but i saw that neil tweet and i was like that's to be fair that is a that is a, a complete overreaction of what was said um i understand that they don't want to be insinuated of being involved in it probably because it's going to suck yeah but um and obviously neil doesn't make bad stories but um and neil's also was hands-on with the last of us's movie um which might have not been an option for him so i think there's more to the story you'll probably learn when you have dinner with him but uh I think we can agree. I mean, maybe not, but I, I think he was overreacting. To what, I think it was to, just, to what was said. I think it, I think if, if the guy, if there, Gary, there was no caveat that said, by the way, I don't know that this is real. If he just said, oh, and I heard the Naughty Dog guys love it. Yeah. Even then I'd be like, oh, you heard, you that. heard it. Yeah. As yeah, opposed yeah, to saying yeah. the Naughty Dog guys love it. I, I mean, these are different. Sentences. More than anything is I think that it, it was, it wasn't, I don't, if you're looking at it as just a reaction to the writer, then yeah, I think it's an overreaction. I think more than anything, it was Neil being very clear. And, and then in parentheses, Naughty Dog being very clear that we have nothing to do with this movie. Well, we like, know that. Well, do we like people all the time, like go back and forth thinking that they're somehow involved with this and they're somehow do people are always confused. That's why it needs to be, a you know big stick moment of like hey no we don't know what's happening with this thing don't believe anything you hear about us being involved with it it's just one of those things with neil where it's like you know he's right and so good about so many things it's like me like i'm not i'm not wrong more than once twice a year but you have to remind me of the times that i'm wrong so that we really build up the times that i'm right and this is just one of those times for neil mm-hmm. you know okay <sighs> you know how they say broken clocks right twice a day yeah for me they're saying like that fully functioning clock happens to be wrong twice a year that's the they same. do say that. Yeah. That is another saying they say about clocks quite a bit too. I do agree with that 100. I think Neil was in his right. I, I lo- make your point. What did you say? I think Neil was in his right. Make your point. What? I think Neil was right. You do? Go ahead and make his point. Yeah, because again, I don't think it was directed just at him. I think it's at oh. this entire studio structure and what's happening with the movies. I think he's trying to get it out there that in 140 characters don't listen to what people say about this movie and Naughty Dog's involvement because it's going to continue to happen. Thank God Mark Wahlberg's gone. I just don't think. He, I just don't what do you think about it being R-rated? It's not really in the spirit of the movie. 
or the game. Yeah. But, but well, that's fine. I mean, uh, there could be different rules. Like, actually, Drake is a mass murderer in Uncharted. I mean, if, if Uncharted was a movie, it would be fucking NC-17. Exactly. That's the thing. So, how much blood is involved? How much sex? How much cursing? And I know that it's not like a bloodbath when he kills people, but he is murdering, just straight murdering people sure. in that game left and right and center. I mean, I don't know how you can make that into a PG-13 movie, but they could do it in Indiana Jones. I was going to say, well, what's Indy? But Indy didn't ever really kill a lot of people, did he? No, he didn't kill a lot of people, but he killed also people, so. it was before... PG-13? Well... Temple of Doom might have been one of the first ones to be. Kevin? Yep. Look up Temple of Doom in relation to PG-13. I feel like that might have been one of the very first ones that was PG-13. We had a conversation about this on one of the shows. But not, but not uh, Raiders was not, was not it came out beforehand. And obviously, The Last Crusade was out years after. Um, While Kevin looks that, that up, whatever. I'm going to read a letter here from Neil. Not that Neil. Neil in San Diego. Who says? Calm down. <laughs> Oh, he's not angry. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not that Neil. <laughs> Neil from San Diego wrote in and said, just thought, and this is a free ad from him, just thought you might take a minute to discuss how connecting your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account gives Kind of Funny fans a relatively new way to support the cause. Because of the rigors of work, I'm rarely able to listen to you guys in real time on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, so mostly I catch the f- shows in podcast form, and I don't spend much time on Twitch. As such, I was unaware that I could use my Amazon Prime slash Twitch integration to subscribe to Kind of Funny and support you directly until I started messing around with it and figured it out accidentally. Hope to use my Amazon Prime membership to subscribe to your Twitch stream and support you with the money with the money I am already spending. Yeah, exactly. Love you. Keep up the great work. Yeah, good point, Neil. Uh, if you haven't been paying attention, ladies and gentlemen, Amazon Prime now has a thing called Twitch Prime. You get one free Twitch subscription. So even if you never use Twitch, but you have Amazon Prime, it'd be cool to come over and subscribe to Kind of Funny Games. It refreshes every month, too, so you either have to keep giving it to us or you can give it to us and then Alfredo and then whoever else you want to go do. You just give it to us. Yeah, I mean, fuck Alfredo. Okay, can we be honest for a second? My cheeseburger, my cheeseburger and Uber have it cost money. These beeps aren't coming for free. All right, dude. I've tried so many times to get beeps recently, and they're trying to charge me twenty dollars for delivery. Are you doing it like during peak times and shit? Yes, but I mean, it's just like you just want to fucking. You have burger. some audacity to charge twenty dollars for delivery of anything. Yeah, that's me? true. That's one hundred percent true. You're nailing. It. You're nailing that one. Ten dollars. Uh, that's not a bridge too far for me. Talk a lot about bridges today. I'm gonna stop it there. Colin. Are you ready to meet your new best friend? You skipped trophy time today again. Oh, well, we merged in. You got trophies? There some, are there trophies to talk about you want to talk about? I don't know. Because we, we, I said we are merging it. I read the, the fuck oh, the trophy thing. I see. Well, so Horizon I just trophies are up. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I want to say about that is, well, we should go. We should take a moment. Do it. Trophy time, Because people, people are going to care about Horizon's trophies. Oh, I'm in the bay, bitch. Easy Platinum. Apparently, he missed one. Just don't piss people off. But there's another game that, whose trophies are live that I think you'll be quite interested in. Quite. But first, Horizon. Horizon has 48 bronze, five silver, two gold, and a platinum. So it's pretty bronze heavy. Um, so for this one, you're going to get a lot of these trophies naturally. We can talk about this game with complete authority. Greg has the platinum. I have uh, 82 or 83% of it or something like that. Um, I want people to keep an eye on the... Ver- well, so first of all, there's trophies for leveling all the way up to 50, which is the cap. I did that naturally. I don't think you really have to grind for that. Although you did grind for it? No. Okay. Uh, what I did is... So uh, no spoilers. When you, There's the point of like, all right, cool. You can't go... Once you go here, this is the end game. You jump in and you do that and you fucking level really quick based on some of the things you're fighting. And so then it goes, all right, cool. We're kicking you back out. You can keep playing and you can and come back. So I did it the ending once on my own. Then I was like, do I have all the optional companions or whatever uh, not companions like fallout do i have all the optional people to join my fight went and did the fight again didn't have them all and i had to do it a third time and like but by then i had it 50 but like that second time gave me another mm-hmm. boost um the trophy that people want to keep an eye on here that i think is missable that i'm pretty sure is missable is all allies joined 
Um, and the trophy is a bronze, and it says, given Aloy's actions, all possible optional allies join the defense. I think that I'm not going to get that trophy, which pisses me the fuck off. Because mm, mm, mm. uh, I'm not playing the game again. So, uh, so I'm just not going to get the platinum. But everything else should but, be yeah, good. Yeah, look into that, because I still feel like, I don't know. That would piss me off so bad, and that the, seems like such a random fucking wrench to put in the wheel. Like, I don't understand. This trophy list was so good. There, but it's like, uh, yeah. And, and it's well, like, read the description. Is it all optional or all possible? Given Aloy's actions, all possible optional allies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. join the defense. See, I think that's the thing. Possible option. Because there's I, there's one I want to tell you about, and I don't think it's the same one. So what you're saying, because I, I think it's I think it's saying that like there are optional allies and you have to get all of the possible optional allies, like every one of them. Yeah. And I, I know I made a choice that is going to preclude or pre- preclude me from from getting that that trophy. There's one that I don't want to talk about on air that I think I'm going to punch someone in the fucking face if I miss that trophy. Herman? Just, Herman's going down. No, Herman, run! Uh, although, I hope I'm wrong because the trophy list is like so. That's what people are going to discover is the trophy list is just so good, good. really good. Uh, and there's a few that I was missing with like it, just get all the collectibles, do all the quests. You don't even have to get to 100. There are a lot of like very minutia based story collectibles, like hundreds and hundreds of them. You don't have don't have to get, but you should because you can read them and they're interesting um, or listen to them. But yeah, I think people will enjoy this trophy list. Greg, the other trophy list that went up today, I don't know if you saw it. Ghost Recon Wildlands. Woo! Kevin, are you ready? Yes. You and I are playing it. 32 bronze, 8 silver, 3 gold, and a platinum. Uh, skydive 10 times is one of them. That's Got it. Fearless. Nailed Pull, it. Pull, shot an enemy chopper out of the air with a mortar. Oh, Road warrior, drove a vehicle for 100 kilometers. Deadly curious, interrogated 20 sources, etc. That is, you know, defeat your first boss, finish the story as a gold trophy, etc. Um, completed the smuggling operation, the production operation, the security operation, influence operation, all story missions. Those are all trophies. That's a gold. Sounds good. How, where, is any multiplayer bullshit we're coming getting, up? We're getting, Fucking We're shit. scrolling. I don't know. I'm reading it for the first time right now. Eagle-eyed, mark 100 enemies with binoculars, completed three missions with another player. So there's one. Okay, that's easy. I got that. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Played each type of side quest. That trophy's called the Spice of Life. Ooh. Collected all the bonus medals. I don't know if those are going to be attached to online stuff. Bought all, all upgrades, maxed out skills, maxed out your XP and levels as a gold trophy. Um, I'll tell you, Greg, that's the only online trophy. Huh, all right. That sounds like a pretty good list so far. Were there hidden ones? Uh, it's hard for me to tell if they're hidden or not. On this gotcha. list. Uh, let me, let me, let me. There's you, don't a way to, you don't have to do the math. Or I, no, I think there's a way. Is there a way? To show, is it hide them or whatever? Yeah. You're on Exoface? No, I'm on PSM Profiles. Then yeah, you should, they should break it down at the top. Show where? hidden or whatever. Show hidden where? I don't know. All right, no problem. Um, but obviously, uh, well, for all games moving forward, you can uh, update that people might not have noticed. But if you're in trophies, you can now go. I mean, this is for a few months. You can go to a trophy that's hidden on your cross media bar and press square and it'll show it to you now. So nothing's hidden forever. Nothing's hidden forever. Uh, but that's it for trophies. All right. Good. Now, now you can wrap up. This now show. you want to meet your best friend? I have too many friends. Too bad. You got this new best friend. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, P.S. I love this best friend. XOXO is where one of you writes in over on kindoffunny.com slash forums. You give us your PSN name and a message of why you need friends. We get, read your name. Everybody friends you and sends you a loving request, and that's how the best friends work. This one comes from what could be, and it's not this week, but it could be one of the worst PlayStation Network names of all time. It is culminator hyphen underscore. Now here we'll read it to you. C zero L three M four N four T zero R hyphen underscore. That is a fucking terrible name. That is, a, that is that is the worst name. Way worse than what I was even going to say something awful. That probably wasn't even a name. Never mind. Go on. 
Hey, best friends. Last year, I moved from Texas to attend college in South Carolina and have had trouble making new friends. I would really appreciate some cool people to play Overwatch and Titanfall 2 with, or maybe some Dark Souls 3 if you're into that jolly cooperation. Keep up the good work, Colin and Greg. And then again, Culminator, and I'm not reading it again. P.S. The O's are actually zeros. I know it's a terrible name. Please, God, Shuhei, let me change my name. At least you knew. At least you knew. The P.S. was on the back page. My apologies. My apologies. Rumor, I heard, you know, I mean, I've heard a lot of things over the years about this from people that I thought I can rely on, but I, I, hear, it's the, I hear it's this summer. We want to see it. Yep, me too. I'll believe it literally even after they announce it. I'll be like, okay. This week's Forgotten PlayStation game comes from Outlaw Reaver, who I feel like puts him in every week, but he does good ones, I guess. What's up, Colin and Greg Way? I have this week's Forgotten PlayStation game. Do either of you remember Genji? Dawn of the Samurai on PS2 from developer Game Republic. It was a third-person hack-and-slash game in the vein of Onimusha. Surprisingly enough, Sony greenlit a sequel, Genji, Days of the Blade, as a launch title for PS3. Unfortunately, the sequel was awful, fuck that static camera, and is notorious for the giant enemy crab meme during E3 2006. Thanks so much. That really was one of the really great moments. It's historically accurate battles. Giant enemy crab. Fucking the cut up of that. 599 US dollars. God, what were they thinking? I'll never forget that as long as I live. PSN's worst name of the week comes (laughs) from kind of funny.com slash forums. Uh, This one is actually the name, his bad PSN name. So I can't read it till I get there because it needs to be there or whatever. Uh, Oh, hold on one second. Oh, no, this is he got killed. So this is Bob. Bob writes in and says, hey, Greg and Colin. I know this is supposed to be your own name, but this was just too funny for me not to share. Playing Battlefield 1 multiplayer, running across the sand dunes in Suez, 1916 Egypt. When I come face to face with a man who shall live in history along with the greats of Lawrence of Arabia, a name untainted by the age of antiquity. That name, straight nothing in your face. Please, Shuhei, let us change your names. It's spelled S-T-R-8, the number eight, nut, N-U-T-I-N, yo, face. Straight nothing in your face. Thanks, Bob. And thank you to Blue Apron for sponsoring this episode of PSI Love You XOXO. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, you can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash I love you. Of course, I use Blue Apron. They send you the prepackaged ingredients. You go there, a little checklist of what to do. You go, you mix it all up. You get a little meal. You look great on the Instagram. You just have to put it in a bowl and mix it, it and everything's Pretty much, yeah. Well, sometimes it goes in the oven. If you're making pudding, that's how you'd make it. Just mix it all in the bowl. Put packet three and four into the bowl. <laughs> there you go. It's steak tartare. <laughs> like, no, that's not how it works at all. <laughs> Remember, Blue Apron is affordable for less than $10 per person per meal. Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Choose from a variety of new recipes each week or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. Recipes are not repeated within a year, so you never get bored. You can customize your recipes each week based on your preferences. Blue Apron has several delivery options. You can choose the method that fits your needs check out this week's menu again ladies and gentlemen first three meals free free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash i love you you will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with blue apron so don't wait that's blueapron.com slash i love you ladies and gentlemen this has been ps i love you xoxo episode 76 remember this is a product of kind of funny.com so go there subscribe to the other youtube channels watch the other videos enjoy the podcast it posts Every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and podcast services around the globe. And it's the number one PlayStation podcast because of your support. So thank you for that. Every episode of PSI Love You XOXO ends in a song and a segment we call Singing a Shuhei. This is where one of you talented motherfuckers goes to kindoffunny.com slash PSM and you give me an MP3 of your song that I can play at the end of our MP3. And 
a YouTube version of your song so I can annotate from our YouTube video. This one, Colin, comes from Marcus. 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 He says, hey, Greg and Colin, I'm a longtime listener and fan of your stuff from Germany. Love all your podcasts and all your other stuff going back to the, since the IGN times. My girlfriend just recently started a little music project, and the first song she released on YouTube happens to be Through the Valley, inspired by the trailer of The Last of Us 2. She would be super happy if you'd play her song in your podcast so more video game loving people would get to know it. Since the project is super new, they don't have any social media profiles yet. <laughs> Hope you like the song. From Berlin with love, Marcus. You guys got to order operations a lot of whack here, but okay. Come on, Marcus. You know, she, What's gonna, the point of releasing the music if you have nowhere to find she, it? Maybe she's not trying to make money. It's just for art. It's just art, art sake. Man. Just fired off into YouTube. The Garbage Planet is sure. Brian Altano's garage sure. once. And there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Marcus's girlfriend for <laughs> the song from Last of Us 2. I guess she doesn't have a name. I don't know who's in the video with her. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Yeah, just, <laughs> just his girlfriend. That's well all. done. <laughs>
Bye.